straight from Boston. It's Founder Thought, the show that has everything from advice, ideas, and inspiration from founders and business owners that made it all happen. On this episode, Stephanie and Oz speak with Katie Flannery, co-founder of Beckon Ice Cream, a crave-worthy premium ice cream that is unbelievably delicious and surprisingly lactose-free. All right. Well, welcome to Founder Thought. Today, we're here with Katie Flannery. Um, so Katie, first off, just tell us a little bit about yourself. Thank you for having me. Um, my name is Katie Flannery. I'm the co-founder of Beckin. Mm-hmm. We're a premium real dairy lactose-free ice cream brand. And we started the company because I'm super lactose intolerant. I'm from mm-hmm. the Boston area and yeah. who here doesn't love ice cream? Um, and so wanted to be able to have a treat that I was excited to in- indulge again and that mm-hmm. my friends and family would too. Amazing. So um, yeah, of course, ice cream. Hello. It's yeah. like, it's Besides pizza, it's definitely my second best thing ever in the world. So yeah, it's amazing. Um, so so that's us, that's great that you allow people to to be able to enjoy it again. So tell us a little bit about your background. I am from Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. I grew up in North Attleboro, which is south of the city. Um, and I uh, used to be a nurse prior to starting Beckon sure. with my co-founder, Gwen. I was a pediatric ICU nurse at mm-hmm. Children's um, here in Boston. Amazing. And uh, so you met Gwen in, uh, uh, in the school? Yes. So she is also a nurse. Gwen actually isn't a nurse. She was studying business. So oh, we were just friends in college and, yeah, have a shared love for food. And actually, Villanova's in the Final Four this week. So go Cats. Yes. Amazing. <laughs> have to give them a plug. <laughs> Amazing. So what are your favorite food? I Obviously, ice cream. Ice cream. Yeah, <laughs> ice cream. Um, and then followed up by probably grilled cheese. I know it's super simple, but mm-hmm. I love grilled cheese. Yeah. It's yeah. A, it's a pretty good classic. Yeah. You can't really you can't really mess with like cheese and bread. Like pizza is my favorite absolutely yeah. of all time. 100%. So, yeah. it's, cheese and yeah. bread. It's yeah. And so having a life without that it's was a go-to. <laughs> so what inspires you in life? What what inspire you in life? What inspires you? What inspires me? That's a loaded question. Um I guess what inspires me is that I have always wanted to like do something. I You never know how much time you're going to get, sure. right? Mm-hmm. And so I've always, ever since I was little, wanted to feel like I didn't waste my shot in, sure. in life. And mm-hmm. so um, that's, again, that, that's really a loaded question because there's multiple ways to feel whole. And so sure. career is one of them, family, mm-hmm. friends, you know, just wanting to like see the world and just want to take in as much of it as I possibly can while I have a chance to be here and leave it Maybe with something better, maybe mm-hmm. ice cream, who knows, sure. but um, just want to try to leave it better than, than when I got here. Okay, so Amazing. now when you guys you came uh, uh, with the business idea, what inspired you to start the business and how you came up with the idea? Like when you met Quinn, hey Quinn, I have a problem, let's start. So how the whole idea came together? Yeah, so it came from my personal need. Sure. I. My family loves ice cream mm-hmm. every night, you know, pretty much growing up before going to bed, we would always have ice cream. It was like the end. It was like our nightcap. Right. And as I started to get older, started to realize that I was lactose intolerant and couldn't indulge in my favorite treat anymore. Mm-hmm. And not only just for myself, but I wasn't really able to indulge with my friends and family. And so that started around when I was like, you know, in high school. And then when I went to college and you're eating in the dining halls for the first time um, and all this food that you didn't prepare, so I didn't really know what was going into it, started to realize that there was foods that just weren't sitting well with me and went on a personal food journey to try to discover what made me feel best. And Mm. in that journey found that lactose-free dairy worked really well for me. And 
So there's lactose-free milk and there's lactose-free yogurt and these great products out there. But in the ice cream aisle, it's the super medicinal stigmatizing brand that I'm sure mm -hmm. everybody knows. And it has like corn syrup and xanthan gum and guire gum and nobody wants to eat it, right? Mm -hmm. Like I don't even want to eat it even though I had to. And then the dairy-free alternatives – more than a decade ago, you know, there really weren't as many as there are now. But even though there are more now, the taste and textual experience is wildly mm -hmm. different. Mm -hmm. And um, I found that no matter what, even today, if I brought those options, you know, the dairy-free or the super stigmatizing um, lactose-free brand to the table, they're always viewed as an alternative. Mm -hmm. And so I didn't want to not to miss out on my favorite treat and to miss out on the experience with people who I wanted to just have a joyous experience with and have ice cream. So yeah. that's why we created Beckon. It's traditional premium ice cream, all the same ingredients that you mm -hmm. know and love, cream, milk, sugar, egg yolks. And mm -hmm. we add in the lactase enzyme to make it lactose-free. So you never know the difference. So now, amazing. So let's go back about that decision because I don't think it's an easy decision to make those jump from like nursing yeah. to, okay, I'm going to open my own uh, my business. So how how this came together, how guys just thought, okay... How you guys came up with, like, you know, jumping from me to here? Yeah, so it, it, you guys are entrepreneurs, you know, sometimes mm -hmm. you just get that itch, right? And it just, yeah. like, no matter what, won't go away. And mm -hmm. so I was being a nurse full-time is usually three 12-hour shifts. So I had all this time in between mm -hmm. to kind of think about and tinker with recipes and, again, make it for myself at first. And I used to joke in college, like, one day I'll make the best lactose-free ice cream there ever mm -hmm. was because I would make my friends, like, taste test different products. Yeah. And um, so Gwen and I were at a reunion a couple years after we had graduated. She was living in New York working um, at L'Oreal as a brand manager at the time. And... Um, I said it again, and I had finally come up with the recipe. I was like, I think you guys would really like it. Mm -hmm. And she was like, we just got to do this. Like, yeah. you've been talking about this for a really long time. And then that started the process of how big is the market? What would this business mm -hmm. look like? What kind of – how do we want to solve this problem for others? Mm -hmm. um, and so that was the inspiration and in how we got started. But to your point, it was a long – it's a long journey, right? It's, yeah, it didn't because it's not an easy idea. decision to make. No. So you were working full-time nurse. Yes. Okay, and uh, one, she was working in New York, and you guys decided to open a business together. So now, before we jump in and actually start discussing, you said you have a background in science. So why this is important for what you do? Because uh, I want just to see how connections are. Yeah, so um, nursing, um, I have a bachelor's in science in nursing. Sure. And so in that education, you have to take chemistry and anatomy and um in uh, like farm classes. And so I utilized that knowledge of, you know, kind of chemistry, I guess. A food is chem. And mm -hmm. so I utilized that knowledge to be able to make sure that the recipe and the end product tasted just like a traditional premium ice cream. And sure. so mm -hmm. especially when you're taking a liquid, your, your base mix to a solid, there are molecular changes that are happening. And so I had to employ my understanding of what was happening mm -hmm. throughout that process to make sure that back in when any customer has it, they it tastes like traditional premium creamy ice cream. Mm -hmm. ice. Okay, Amazing. so now you develop it. Yes. You, you develop it. So did you get anybody opinion? Did you, uh, did you share with different people? Did somebody, or you came up with the whole thing by yourself? So came up with the recipes by, by myself, oh, and then wow. I went to the Penn State Ice Cream Short Course, okay. um, which Ben and & Jerry and Jenny's and, like, mm -hmm. all of the ice cream companies pretty much ever have, have gone <laughs> through that course, and it's a week-long intensive. And so that allowed me the opportunity, and this is when Gwen and I had, like, 
started in the background thinking, okay, maybe we're going to do this. And um, I had signed up for the class just because I was interested in it. And then, you know, along the side, we're trying to start start something up. And um, that allowed me to see, okay, these are my recipes, but what does manufacturing look like out mm-hmm. of my Cuisinart on my kitchen counter <laughs> all the way up to yeah. like a large plant? Yeah, yes. And so okay. that knowledge allowed me to like utilize those resources to say, okay, how do I have to, how do I have to fix this and mm-hmm. make sure that no matter whether or not it's a gallon or, you know, 20, like 15, 1500 gallons or however many units we're going to make it's going to flow through properly okay, be consistent so, uh, yeah now okay so mm-hmm. now we're taking a step by step so guys you figure out we want to do this we want to school how we came up with the name the brand how we came up with all the, because those for what excite me okay the brand the, the marketing name. side of it so yeah. how, <laughs> how like, let's get to marketing yeah, so yeah. How, yeah. how we came up guys with it okay so we have a product we know our product will be very good. We know need for it. Obviously, we talk about the market. Before we talk about it, let's talk about the market because actually 25%, I did not know that. So mm-hmm. it's a yeah. big number. So can, if you can explain for us that about the market. Yeah. So when Gwen and I were doing our initial research on the size of the market, again, it when entrepreneurs are excited, it, mm-hmm. you have to make sure that it's it's something that other people want too, right? Sure, Product of course, market fit. Yeah. And um, that it wasn't just my personal need. And sure. so when we were researching, we were actually shocked to find out that mm-hmm. 25% of Americans are lactose intolerant. Um, and that is three times greater than the gluten intolerant population. Sure. So mm-hmm. we've seen how many great gluten-free options there are. Mm-hmm. And as a lactose intolerant consumer with such sheer volume, there just has yeah. to be better products for us. So we felt, you know, empowered to really bring a product to market to help these cu- these customers sure amazing uh actually i from personal experience i i am i am actually i am not like this uh, i can't say the word even uh, but i have actually i can't eat the normal ice cream i have to buy the lactose uh, and i try your ice cream it's delicious thank you uh, <laughs> so, uh, so how you came up with the name how we come up with the brand yeah so initially when we were testing the market sure. before we quit our jobs and all of that. We sure. actually started at the Soa market in the South End. Oh, cool. And at the time, our brand name was Minus the Moo. And so, mm-hmm. so in terms of marketing, Gwen isn't here. And Gwen, yeah. it, I am not the marketer, right? Sure. And so um, I will try to do this this justice um, and also to admit that I was 100% wrong and Gwen was completely <laughs> right that Minus the Moo was the wrong name. But it was like, you know, this this name that I had that just named my dream, we sure. launched with it. It, it, it. And so as we um, started in the farmer's market, you know, validating, do people like it? Mm-hmm. How does it taste? Um, the name started to cause confusion. So mm-hmm. because it wasn't dairy-free, it mm-hmm. was full of dairy. Yeah. And so we worked with a branding agency out in um, Colorado to help us rename our baby. And at that point, nice. we when we went through the renaming process, and I'm sure you guys can appreciate this as marketers, you know, we were already in the market, so it felt mm-hmm. super scary to... Sure. To switch it. To switch. It's like changing your kid's name when they're already like in preschool. And so, um, (laughs) and, uh, so we worked with the, um, the interact out in Boulder and they, they helped us through like, why did we start the company? What Mm -hmm. was the inception? Like, what's our why? And all of these, you know, great questions as to what were our customers saying? And so back in is your call back to real ice cream. Mm -hmm. And the reason that we named it back in is because that was the biggest insight is that once, once people found our product, the sheer joy on their face, again, Mm -hmm. we're not saving lives here. Like we're bringing joy to people. And so the joy on their face and the like feeling like, Oh my God, there's a product for me that Mm -hmm. like other people also too are going to be excited to eat. And so that's why we named it back into welcome 
those customers back to amazing ice cream. Mm. So tell us a little bit about um, that. Obviously, was one challenge was the marketing piece of it and changing yes. that. What other things did you run into early on um, in the process that were challenges, if you will? How much that- time do you have? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, when you're doing something for the first time, it's it's always there's a million and one challenges. I would yep. say in the early days, um, the biggest challenges were kind of around like figuring out how to get into this industry and yeah. the ins and outs of it. Gwen didn't come from food. I mm-hmm. didn't come from food and neither of us were entrepreneurs before. So mm-hmm. something as simple as like making sure that you have a bank account and QuickBooks set up from inception to not have to unwind sure. that later, like mm-hmm. all of those sort of little, little things in the beginning. But Gwen and I, will never forget, like we, um, dumped out our bank accounts, you know, mm-hmm. credit card and pray in the beginning. Um, and, you know, we're trying, we started out a Commonwealth kitchen and we're trying to get the business going just to get to the first farmer's market. And we had bought this batch freezer. Mm-hmm. I think it was like $8,000. You know, it, it felt like mm-hmm. so much at the time. And yeah. we were like, yes, we did it. And then we realized <laughs> that we didn't have enough money for ingredients. <laughs> and so, and we had built this like financial model. We were so proud yeah. of ourselves. We had like this 40 page business plan and we're like, well, we're idiots. Like we literally <laughs> didn't like account for the fact that like we needed to have yeah. money for ingredients. So I think in the beginning it was just, it was really that. And it, at every size of the business, it's mm-hmm. still kind of something new is just of course. you only know what you know until you or you don't know what you don't know until you don't know it. And um, I'm trying to think of like other challenges in the beginning. Well, what? But, how did you what would you what advice would you give to overcome those challenges? Like what's your recommendation to say if you come across something like this, how do you go about it? Like how do you what, what advice would you give other business owners that are starting out that are coming across stuff that is like holy moly, like what? Yeah. yeah. I guess like practical advice would be try to build the bike as much as you can before you get on it to ride it. Mm -hmm. And actually a company that they didn't end up making it. They were in the kitchen and they gave us that advice and, you know, Mm -hmm. they were further along than us. And we felt like, oh, like, you know, we really want to get there. And that was advice that they, that they said to us and we've taken with us for really Mm -hmm. Basically, since that day, this was over six years ago. And then the other thing is that build build it with the end in mind. Yeah. So we have always wanted to be a grocery store business. Like we've yeah. always wanted to be there for the customer in the aisle, mm-hmm. you know, to be able to pick up that pint of ice cream or quart or snack pack, whatever product that we're offering. And so that's allowed us to be laser focused on what opportunities we say yes to and mm-hmm. what we say no to. Because yeah. – there is a lot that could come down and there's a lot of noise. Um, Mm -hmm. And so not staying focused can waste cash, like Mm -hmm. human resources and just in in time. And so I think that that's been incredibly helpful for us to stay focused on who we want to be when we grow up. Um, But emotionally, I would say for entrepreneurs, you have to develop thick skin real quick Um, and just have to be able to get up and get out of bed and like put your feet on the ground to start Mm -hmm. the day with whatever is motivating you inside. And mm-hmm. so I think that if it's if it's money that you're in it for, mm-hmm. find something else. Because, like, there, mm-hmm. you know, the, it, the money hopefully comes as collateral with success, but that's mm-hmm. not necessarily going to be there in the beginning. And so I think whatever it is that is inspiring someone to start it, like, stay really close to the core as to why you got there in the first place. And actually, mm-hmm. this is a good Amazing. advice. Because actually, even when we work with people, if some people come in for the money only for marketing, we don't take actions in business. Yeah. We don't do it because it's, it's, because if you're only for the money, really, you just 
do something different because you're not, not going to offer success. quality. You're, you're not, not going to have quality. You're not going to have success because yeah. the end goal it should be about like the money is going to come sooner or later, and this is what we believe. When the money yeah. comes mm-hmm. sooner or later, if you do good job, the money is. But if you are in the money, this are great, great tips actually because I feel people with this is why a lot of businesses fail. I feel because they are not just for the money. I want to make money right now. I'm not thinking about the next three months, four months. So it's a great advice, a great mm-hmm. advice. So but let's talk about the industry, Labia, because I feel this is like, uh, um, it's a big challenge, especially when you like big company like Jay and all those big companies and the ice yeah. cream. It's yeah. a very big industry. So how you spawn company like uh so our business is gonna break through. So how guys, how it's a challenge. It's it's no doubt about a challenge. So how are you doing it, guys? How are you breaking it through? It is such a challenge, right? This is like mm-hmm. the big question: how mm-hmm. to break through. And um, it starts for us with making sure that we know who our customer is, sure. right? We have to be targeted to who they are. They are people like me, they're lactose intolerant consumers, mm-hmm. their friends, their family, mm-hmm. people who are interested in, in gut health. And, um, you know, we have all these concentric circles outside of who mm-hmm. our core target is. And as a small company, we have to be really scrappy with and um, budget conscious to make sure that our dollars are going as far as they possibly can. So we cannot, we're trying to punch way above our weight class. Mm-hmm. You know, now with being in Whole Foods nationwide, we're in Sprouts Chainwide. We just mm-hmm. launched in Kroger this week. Oh, we nice. launched in Walmart. Oh, and wow. so um, we're really now like trying to punch above our weight class. But I, it, it's incredibly challenging because, you know, a business, especially an inventory-based business, has mm-hmm. a lot of cash constraints. Mm-hmm. And so for us, it's being authentic to who we are, to telling our story and making sure that customers know there are people. Like, we started this, Gwen and I are friends. Like, mm-hmm. she's not lactose intolerant. And yeah. she gave up her whole life, basically, yeah. for this. And so, and I did too, and because we believe in it. And so mm-hmm. I think there's the part of being authentic, and then there's a part of being as efficient on shelf as we possibly can be. Mm-hmm. And just with you know help with people like you who are w- mm-hmm. are helping us tell our story yeah amazing um so the other questions i have is you know what surprised you most about building this business um what surprised me most i guess how much there's a couple of things um in the beginning and still now how much there is to learn mm-hmm. entrepreneurs are insatiable learners right mm-hmm. like we just you, you just have, have that be. thing right yeah. that you just you always want to be learning and um so how much there is to learn how much we've learned even mm-hmm. now i'm like shocked that I, that i had another career i guess at yeah. one point i sometimes forget about that um i think that how kind and how um kind of pay it forward the food industry is like Mm -hmm. we've had the pleasure of speaking with a ton of entrepreneurs who have been there before us that Mm -hmm. the fact that they're willing to take time out of their day to then give us advice and share Mm -hmm. where it is that they've been has been amazing and Gwen and I have tried to to do that as well um Gwen and I's partnership has been one of the best pieces of this you know Mm -hmm. like starting a business with someone Mm -hmm. it's like getting married and um yeah and it's it's just been a wonderful experience to be able mm-hmm. to build this, and I guess how hard it is and how much pain we can both take has also been been a little surprising. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So how we come up between you and Quinn? Because I'm sure you guys you have different opinion. I'm sure how yeah. you guys decide this, like because me between me and Stephanie, like 
we discussed a lot of stuff. You know, I don't want to do it this way. No, I think this is the right way. So mm-hmm. how you guys do it? How do you it? come to that happy medium? Yeah, um, I think that if you're not having, I guess, challenging conversations, mm-hmm. you're probably not pushing each other hard enough, right? Mm-hmm. Not to say that, like, partnerships should be adversarial. I'm not saying mm-hmm. that. But I just don't think that, like, it should be everybody's on the same page all the time, right? Because it's like yeah. you're trying to build something that's never been there before. So there's going to be questions and people have different experiences and different opinions, but it just comes down to respect. Like mm-hmm. I, when we have a conversation, it's not me versus her. It's us trying to figure this out together and mm-hmm. making sure that whenever we're having those conversations, that that's the point of view and mm-hmm. the position that we are starting from helps any conversation move it forward. Because it does feel like we're in the trenches together and mm-hmm. like I'm not going to we're not going to turn on each other. We're not going to yeah. get through this if we're not going to get through it together. And yeah, so having that mindset has allowed us to get through really difficult times. I mean, changing the brand name, we were on opposite sides of that table for a really long time. And mm-hmm. um, that was probably, I think, the first big, big piece of the business that we had to really figure out and work mm-hmm. through. And that taught us a lot about resolution and getting to so now, we need to uh, this actually brings me for another question because obviously uh, you own b- women own business yes mm-hmm. this is comes by itself a huge challenge so uh, yeah. how guys are you dealing with this do you see any benefit of it do you see is no benefit of it because like Stephanie obviously mm-hmm. she owned a uh, woman owned business and she we fa- she faced a lot of challenges yeah mm-hmm. so how you come over these challenges how you deal with it um, or do you see a benefit of it? I was going to say, yeah, to your question, do you see a benefit of it? Okay. Um, the benefit of it is that more women just have to be starting businesses. Sure. So mm-hmm. that's the benefit, right? Like, we're here to to just do it, right? We, yes, I am here for the customer. That's why I started. But the other side, the days that I have the hard time getting up. Because mm-hmm. there are those days. It's yeah. like you've been knocked a couple of times and you have to look in the mirror. It's like, okay. I really believe in more diverse founders and teams mm-hmm. and leaders. And I, I just believe that anybody should be able to wake up and say, yeah, if I want to do something and I am tenacious and I have a really good reason for being and for doing this, there shouldn't be so many barriers. Mm-hmm. So the way that we are going to get through that is by having more people change what the view, whether conscious or subconscious, of mm-hmm. success looks like. Um, I would say statistics are obviously against us. And when you're starting a business, you're climbing Everest. There's no mm-hmm. way around it. Like, mm-hmm. you just are, and you're going to get knocked back a million times. And so um, we're starting with, like, a heavier load on our back. And mm-hmm. less than 3% of venture capital goes to female-founded teams. Less than 2% of female-founded mm-hmm. businesses ever make it to a million in revenue or more. Like, 7%, I believe, of male-founded teams make it to a million or more. So, like, straight out the gate, when we're talking mm-hmm. about CPG companies that are incredibly capital-intensive, it's really hard to make sure that we don't die on the vine with our mm-hmm. great product, great idea, great product market fit, because capital and cash flow, especially in an inventory-based business, is incredibly stressed. So, it is challenging. Um, in terms of benefits, you know, there I think there's been an awakening of the lack of diversity in diverse teams that's out there. And so companies are starting to try to make that shift. But the statistics, and I like math and I like mm-hmm. science, like that 2% of female-founded teams making to a million in revenue or more hasn't changed in 25 years. And so mm-hmm. I want to see in a short term that that changes. That is mm-hmm. not going to change very short. Uh, it's not going to Short term, like by the time that like, 
I leave this planet, yeah. right? So, <laughs> so um, and it because it has to, and I think that the way that it will is like with more successful females, we can then turn around and mm-hmm. invest in more females and diverse teams of because, like, we can we believe that it can be done. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah, yeah but I think uh, I don't want to think it's a really female, great point. But I think a lot of challenges, of yeah. course, uh, like yeah. a lot comes with challenges because. The, we say something, but the culture doing something else. What the belief doing something else. So it's a lot of challenge. I don't want to talk for female. But I think that's but. a great point, though. I think that I think you had an excellent point that I think as more women become successful and they're in these roles and they have the means and they have the opportunity and they have the financial backing, they can continue to support other women entrepreneurs. And yeah, and owners, you make so. a yeah. statement. Okay, yeah. just to see what we can do. Boom. Yeah, take that. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. And also, too, I think just people need to be aware of it. And I um, I was speaking with somebody yesterday. I came from nursing, which is very um, predominantly female. Mm-hmm. Sure. It did not occur to me when I made a, a career shift mm-hmm. that it would be – I, I would be in the minority, right? And that my challenges would be what what they have been. Um, we've had great supporters, but there's no doubt about it. Like, we were in a pitch once for investment, and um, we opened up Q&A. And the first question, or the first comment after the pitch was, well, you're better to look at than Ben and Jerry. Mm-hmm. And it's like, that sort of stuff, like... It, it is what it is. Everybody has their own story. Everybody's going to face some sort of adversity. But um, to to your point, it's like we then have to turn around so that like mm-hmm. that doesn't happen because it's like you should just be listening to me and knowing mm-hmm. that I have something to say and I have yeah. something to build. And if you want to get on board with this, join me. Happy yeah. to have you. But if not, get out of my way. Yeah. Shut up and sit down <laughs> and like go over in the corner, right? Yeah. And so Amazing. I think that um, there's, a, there's, a, there's a good shift here and I really want to – help empower that momentum uh, i hope so i hope so now um uh i was gonna ask about your support system yeah so um what you know who is your support is it friends and family i'm sure there's you know building a business it, it takes an army it really it does. does and so you know you're in the front lines but you have typically a lot of people have people behind them yeah. you know helping and supporting so who who's your support and i i will say like in terms of you know females and Mm -hmm. um, facing that adversity, I hit the lottery with like a support system. And Mm -hmm. I am so grateful for that. Mm -hmm. Um, My husband is, Mm -hmm. he's been amazing. Like throughout this whole process, you know, when you start a business, your partner, Mm -hmm. they're in it, whether they wanted to be (laughs) like, they're in it every day. And so um, he's just been, he's been phenomenal. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, Gwen's partner as well Mm -hmm. has just been, been amazing. So Gwen and I obviously are each other's support system. Mm -hmm. First, first and foremost, our spouses, and then um, our friends and our friends and family, like my family and Gwen's family, and our friends. When we were starting in Commonwealth Kitchen, to all of my friends out there, if you listen to this, um, please do. Um, <laughs> but um, uh, my mom would come after work. She would drive up from North Attleboro after mm-hmm. working a full day, meet me in the kitchen on Thursday nights, mm-hmm. work until eleven o'clock with me, oh my drive goodness. home. Drop me off, drive home yeah. to North Attleboro. My parents and our friends and Gwen's family, they would come up and work with us all day on Saturday mm-hmm. and then on Sunday work at the farmer's market oh, with wow. us. Oh, wow. And so I have used up all of my favors for the rest <laughs> of eternity. Um, and even like we were doing the snack cup launch and we ended up having like this major challenge with production. I posted on my Instagram like mm-hmm. – 
if you want to come and help us with the snack pack project, like, you know, we'll be here. Mm -hmm. And the amount of people that responded, it's, it's, it is amazing. Like how many people, even if they're in my immediate network of like, I'm having like the real bad day, like Mm -hmm. my college girlfriends and and my girlfriends from high school, like sometimes we'll just send a text and be like, it's, uh, we call it um, the round table and we'll be like, okay, we need to have words of affirmation at the round table. And we'll Mm -hmm. just all like fire off. Like, this is why you're amazing and you're amazing. Mm -hmm. And like, then you could just kind of go on with your day. So I am really fortunate that way to have amazing friends and family. And then also mm-hmm. two other entrepreneurs, like the 88 Acres team, Rob and Nicole, they're like our ride or die. Um, mm-hmm. We can text them at any time. And there's just a lot of other really great founders and our board and our investors and just our retail partners. I just feel very fortunate, clearly, because now I've gone on way too long about this, but feel mm-hmm. very fortunate about the support system that we do have to face Amazing. our challenges. Yeah, Amazing. So now, uh, what do you think is the number one reason for success or your growth? Mm-hmm. Because I'm sure, guys, what the, can you tell us the growth percentage over you so far? And where you see yourself going, but what's the reason for behind your success? Oh, what is the reason behind our success? Obviously, um, the product makes a huge difference. Huge difference, right? Mm-hmm. The product, and there's we are the first premium real dairy lactose free sure. ice cream on the market. So, like, mm-hmm. this is a need. It's clearly there, and we're filling it. So, that mm-hmm. is a huge reason for our success. I think that um, Gwen and I talk about this sometimes. It's like... Sometimes you just have to, like, make your own luck and stay alive. And so Mm -hmm. just continuing to be tenacious and face each challenge and just get through each hurdle, which sometimes, like, dear universe, I really wish you would throw me a couple less. (laughs) Like, (laughs) please do if you're listening. Um, But one getting through each hurdle and just, like, still being here and learning has also allowed us to be successful. Mm -hmm. So just we – you can't just face something and then just expect it not to happen again. We have to continue to make sure that we're optimizing, learning, and just being as efficient as we as we possibly can. So now, uh, through your business right now, because uh, I see you online and the yeah. stores and uh, uh, online stores, yes, and people they can uh, buy in like an instant uh, card and all these oh, places. Oh, Instacart, Instacart. Instacart. Yeah. So where are you seeing the most impact of your business right now? So again, we're a gro- we're a grocery, grocery based first, business, yes. and mm-hmm. so it for us it's all about launching new doors and new products. Sure. And we have also been really thoughtful about our growth to make sure that we're not getting mm-hmm. too far over our skis. Which the pandemic obviously stressed that for everybody because mm-hmm. it put a massive supply chain challenge mm-hmm. on the entire industry. Um, and the repercussions of that we're still feeling. We've learned a lot from it, but. Um, we try to make sure that we have the right products on the right shelves at the right price at the right time. And so mm-hmm. we started in the natural channel and now we're moving into conventional. We started in pints, had quarts, snack packs. And so we're just trying to make sure that as we are growing, whatever customer is coming to the grocery store with whatever product and need that they have for their indulgent moment, that we will be able to fulfill their need mm-hmm. over time. And mm-hmm. so we're doing that in a methodical way as we continue to okay. move forward. So now actually you mentioned something I want to ask about. Yeah. How we come up with the price? Because the price model, because I think this one a challenge for every business owner, yeah. entrepreneur. Okay, how I price something? Because I want to price it for $10,000, but I know yeah. I can't say, <laughs> But how I can price it for the high price? Because, you know, competition, yeah. especially when bigger company, bigger, the mm-hmm. prices probably is different. Yeah. They can go lower prices because they have the value, they have everything. So how you came up with guys with the price? So this also goes back to your question earlier about in the beginning, what are the challenges? And sure. learning the industry is part mm-hmm. of it. In grocery, there's pretty much like 
an average or a cap that customers mm-hmm. are going to be willing to pay. Sure. You might be able to get over that hurdle, but most products cannot. So mm-hmm. it, even though we're a premium product, we're super clean label, there is still an amount that customers are going to feel comfortable spending for mm-hmm. a pint of ice cream. And so we start there. And so we start with what is the customer willing to pay? Because it's. I would love to be able to have more breathing room and space to be able to mm-hmm. to grow the business. Mm-hmm. Um, but we also, by being an inclusive ice cream, it has to be an inclusive price point. So we don't want to also price our customers who need this product out mm-hmm. of the category. Mm-hmm. Um, it is meant for everybody. And so we start there and then we back into all of the different pieces that go into getting this product to shelf, which most customers mm-hmm. probably don't even realize. It's not just making the product and then shipping it there. Yeah. There's a lot of middlemen. There's a lot of um, transportation. We mm-hmm. have to move pints of frozen ice cream across the entire United States. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we have to work really hard to make sure not only just the price and like what's on our P&L statement makes mm-hmm. sense, but also to the APAR and inventory equation mm-hmm. makes sense. We're an inventory-based mm-hmm. business. And so cash flow and timing is also a huge part of how um, we think about what can the business afford, what margin makes sense, and and how are we going, where are we going to spend the dollars once they've come in? So when mm-hmm. you say inventory-based business, this mm-hmm. means, because I think we work with a few clients of us where they, I think this is the same what you mean. You have to put your product you're not going to get paid until you sell a product. Correct, That's why yeah. it is. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is a big challenge. Huge challenge. A huge challenge. Yes. We have to build the inventory. Mm-hmm. You know, if you build it, they will come. Well, yeah. if you build it, they will come, but a long time later. And so mm-hmm. I, you have to build the inventory so far in advance of when we actually get paid. It's, mm-hmm. it's, upside down, right? Mm -hmm. In the way that people would probably think about selling a product and Mm -hmm. how long it takes that cash to convert. Um, So that's something that also too is just really important when you're starting out. Do you want to be an e-commerce-based business? Mm -hmm. You can get cash that day. Like Mm -hmm. how do you want to fund how do you want to fund your cash flow cycle and what does that really look like and mean to you? And what does that mean for how you can grow? So mm-hmm. that's been important for us. And mm-hmm. So now the challenge to come back, because I think a lot of entrepreneurs would be interested in this. Guess how you get to investor? looks like you do have an investor right now. Yes. yes. This is, I think, massive challenge also. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, a lot of people, obviously, a lot the, of businesses need money and yeah. it's very difficult to get to get investors. It is. I think the biggest thing is, Um, And when I've talked to other entrepreneurs and just had, you know, kind of more one-on-one conversations, but the funding plan and the capital plan, I think automatically people assume like maybe Shark Tank or something like it's going to come from an individual, Mm -hmm. but the capital – the capital strategic plan has to match the business's goals. So because if someone's going to give you their hard-earned money, Mm -hmm. they want – some money in return. And so Mm -hmm. how do you prove that concept of how are they going to get it back? Is it, you know, you're raising kind of a debt capital structure where they're going to get gain interest and that's exciting for them Mm because that changes the archetype of like who it is that you're speaking to. Are you just going after a bank? Are you going after grants? Mm -hmm. What are, what is it that you're actually trying to do with your business Mm -hmm. and what capital resources make sense to help fund that Mm -hmm. business? So that's how we've kind of, come up with our plan as to how we're funding um, our business and what growth looks like for us. Sure. Um, but for anybody who's who's thinking about it, it, it has to make sense. If you're if you want to have a business for a hundred years and you want to pass it down, you know, within your mm-hmm. family, 
raising capital from investors probably doesn't make sense because how mm-hmm. are they going to get their money back? Um, it might if you have great profits that you can share back or something mm-hmm. like that. But yeah, I think that that is the first place to start. Mm-hmm. So you talk about success. What success looks like for you? Yeah. Um, someone actually just asked me this question and I have to say I hadn't really thought about it. Um, and I've been as many times as I've been asked this, I'm always surprised that I don't have an answer ready to go because why am I getting up every day, I guess. But um, success for me at the end of the day, no matter what, if this product can like live beyond me and Gwen and I being in control of it and um, this product is going to be available for customers and for their friends and for their family and that they no longer feel like they have to sacrifice on something as simple as having ice cream, I will feel that we did what we set out to do. So we really want to make sure that we are creating inclusive products for mm-hmm. everybody. Um, okay. Amazing. Now, uh, uh, do you have more questions? I don't have any other questions. Okay. So actually I do have a few questions. Yeah. For, because I think those people want to know. Uh, so how we can, because you said you're mad. Yes. I'm what? You, you I'm married. married. Yes. Yes. Married or mad? Married. 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 married? Yes. Married. See, okay. this is what the accent comes <laughs> That's with. Okay. So, uh, so my also question... to him, I'm a Bostonian and I'm terrible. <laughs> and I'm, a, I'm hard of hearing. So uh, my vocabulary no. is different. Yeah. So, uh, it's okay. Uh, so uh, this was the challenge. Like how we can, uh, how we can uh, manage your life, life, life with business. Because yeah. this is massive a challenge. Like uh, this was a challenge. Yeah, especially comes. when your business is consuming so much time. So much time. Yeah. How you manage your life, personal life, you yeah. know, family life. Oh, and I should have mentioned earlier too, I I did recently over the last year, I started working with an executive coach. Mm-hmm. So um, in terms of like support system and that question of balance, yes. that's something that I have reached outside of my immediate friends and family to try to find that answer. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's I'm I'm not sure how you guys feel about this. It's not always just the hours that you're working because people sometimes will be like, "How many hours do you work a week?" It's like that that changes. It's just it's always on my mind. It's mm-hmm. it's all consuming all the time, mm-hmm. and so I don't <laughs> like the word balance because it feels unachievable. But for me, I refuel and recharge by having quiet time with like with my family and, mm. and with my husband and, and our dog. We live in Charlestown mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. just like having that time after work. And he has a big job. Like he works all the time too. And so um I think making sure that whenever it is that we want to set a boundary that we set it really hard. So if we're gonna do something on the weekend, we hold each other accountable for like, oh I see you, you're, you know, doing emails. Like mm-hmm. no. Um and being just really thoughtful about are we on the same page? The pandemic's kind of helped with that because we used to travel a lot. I, I don't even know sometimes where I was going, but I was on a plane like <laughs> I lived at Logan. Um, I was on a plane like every week. And so um, that has helped kind of center sure. both of us mm-hmm. a lot um, and just to be able to be in the same place. But yeah, I don't have like a perfect answer other than the fact that it is your life and mm-hmm. it has to stay at the forefront. That's been the one constant for Gwen and I that this cannot come at the cost of the people that we love most. Mm-hmm. And also too, like the love of ourselves. Like if we start to self-destruct over this, mm-hmm. then I'm not going to be able to deliver what my vision of success is anyway. So mm-hmm. that self-care and making sure that that burnout doesn't get so far beyond repair. Mm-hmm. It's something I've had to work quite frankly, really hard at. Okay. Mm-hmm. So where do you see uh, your brand in the next five years? 
And I know this cheesy question. I don't like those questions. No. But where you see yourself in the next five years? Um, worldwide domination, obviously. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, Ice creams everywhere. 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 My, okay, five years from now, my, my dream would be that you can find Beckon everywhere that you want to buy ice sure. cream. Whenever that mm-hmm. moment comes, you can find it. Um, and that the stigma around lactose-free products, that they're going to taste mm-hmm. not as great because lactose-free is – it's dairy mm-hmm. just without lactose. Sure. It's yeah. not like another – like it's not nut-free, meaning it has no nuts or yeah. gluten-free and it has no gluten or no wheat or the thing of whatever it is that made it it in the first place. It You can have your cake and eat it too. So it doesn't mm-hmm. taste different. So I would just love five years from now for people to be ecstatic to mm-hmm. just – indulge in the way that they're going to be able to have everything they want without any of the consequences that they don't and that there's Mm -hmm. no question about whether or not it's going to taste great because we've proven to the customer Mm -hmm. and delivered on that promise over and over and over again that they will not be sacrificing or compromising. Amazing. What's your favorite flavor? Uh, um, (laughs) I want ice cream. I think... All right, the peanut butter cup is my favorite. Oof, that sounds delicious it's, already. Oh, I, I love it. It's so good. And we actually partnered with Unreal Snacks, who's based in Boston as mm-hmm. well. Um, and we're cup cycling their mm-hmm. peanut butter cups um, in our in our products to help save food waste. So that's something that I'm just really proud of, that initiative that we've we've worked with, worked on together. But then my second favorite and my my legacy favorite is sea salt chocolate chip because mm-hmm. it was a mistake. I I <laughs> added too much too much salt into a batch once and we were at the Soa market thought I was going to have to trash it and um you know went for a walk thought about it and was like all right Gwen let's just put some chocolate chips in it we'll call it yeah. sea salt chocolate chip we'll one off yeah. it i'm so sorry i made a mistake and we'll never see it again and it's been our best seller pretty much ever since that day <laughs> amazing <laughs> so, so when life gives you lemons or sea salt yeah i do have a amazing. question actually to go for the yeah. business back uh where are you supplies you got your supplies from like you know from where our supplies. So, do you mean like our raw mat- our ingredients? Ingredients like uh, locally, yeah. organic. Or... So now that we're bigger, um, so. we do have a wider um, sourcing network. Um, but primarily, the majority of our products do come from the United States because we're a dairy based mm-hmm. dairy based product. So mm-hmm. we're working with farmers all throughout the country. Mm-hmm. Um, and then our biggest thing about sourcing ingredients is we're trying to get the highest quality ingredients. Um, that still allow us to have the best possible price for the customer sure. that we mm-hmm. can. So if you look at our the back of our label, it's so simple. Mm-hmm. There's no guire gum. There's no xanthan gum. There's no carrageenan. And mm-hmm. so for us, from a sourcing perspective, we try to make sure that we're working with as many great companies throughout the country as possible to to get in those raw materials. Mm-hmm. And this actually brings us one other question I had. What's the difference between you? What, like, uh, if I have to lock this uh, product from me, what you probably make it different? Like, why your product is going to be, you know, pizza, it's pizza. But somebody yeah. has it in their own way. So what, why your product is different from anybody else? From um, anybody else in terms in the, of just lactose-free? Uh, yes, or? like, uh, you, you're talking about you don't have any chemical, what? Yeah, no so gum stabilizer yeah. additives. So um, the mo- the largest nationally distributed lactose-free product sure. is an economy style ice cream and so mm-hmm. um that means that it has a ton of air in it sure. it has corn syrup in it it has xanthan gum it has carrageenan it has guire gum if you literally sat ours next to each other it would be like saying like um 
you know, Turkey Hill and haagen taste the same. Like, they, mm-hmm. d- they don't. There's just mm-hmm. no way. Our product is a French custard-style ice cream. It mm-hmm. has egg yolks in it. And it's just going to deliver that, like, really clean, um, I guess, like, mouthfeel that you expect from a creamy, delicious mm-hmm. ice cream. Amazing. So it has a refreshing quality to it. Okay. Amazing. Uh, I don't have any more questions. I think that's it. Awesome. Okay. Yeah, so why don't you tell us a little bit about where they can find you? Yeah, so you can find us on beckandicecream.com. And mm-hmm. so all of the great retailers that we're working with throughout the country. Um, so we just launched in Kroger and Walmart. We're nationwide with Whole Foods. And we're in Sprouts as well as some great independent markets. So you can find our list at beckandicecream.com. As well as we do have an e-commerce. Um, mm-hmm. We do sell products online. So you can get it shipped right to your door. And then for updates, um, follow us at beckandicecream. Amazing. Amazing. Thank, Thank you, you so much. Thank you for having us. Having me. <laughs> I always Thank say you. us as if Gwen's here with me. Thank you very much. Amazing. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Founder Thought. You can find more episodes wherever you listen to podcasts or on the web at founderthought.com. Founder Thought is a production of Pepper Gang.